Welcome to On the Agenda with CNZ. We're two best friends with the plans for bringing a little fun and adventure into every day. We're here to inspire your next activity. Let's chat about what's on the agenda today. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of On the Agenda with CNZ. Today, we are kicking off the first of our small business spotlights. Um, we wanna celebrate just all the kick-ass folks that we know who are taking on side hustles and just making it happen. Um, they truly embody the less talk, more action mantra that we've really been focused a lot lately on in the podcast. Yeah, definitely action focused this spring. I feel like with spring cleaning and starting new projects, we've really kind of been leaning into that. And I'm so excited to learn from all of these uh, small business owners. So you have heard us mention Morning Light Vintage a few times on the pod, and we are so excited to have one of the co-founders, Melissa Brandle, here with us today to talk about her journey starting this venture and how she balances it while also having a traditional nine to five. Melissa, I am so excited to have you on the pod. You have been just one of my best friends since I met you, God, seven years ago, which is Absolutely oh insane. <laughs> I, I can't even at this point with that. Um, but I've had just the privilege to watch your passions evolve, see the journey unfold. And, you know, I just love to kick off our time with you by just having you give us a little background about yourself and how you came to found Morning Light Vintage. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. I'm so excited to be here. This is so much fun. Uh, so a bit of background about me. So I work in marketing. I work in growth marketing for a company called Imperfect Foods. And I do Morning Light Vintage on the side with my sister, Andrea. Um, we've been thrifting our entire lives. Like our mom is a master thrifter. She's always finding the best deals at different places. And so growing up, that was just something that we naturally did together. It was kind of like a sport that we did growing <laughs> up. It was always a yeah. competition to see who would get the the best deals at Goodwill. And um, over the past couple of years, like my sister and I, you know, we are just two very creative minds and we've mm -hmm. always loved exploring different creative projects together, especially Andrea. Like I'd say Andrea is a true creative brain behind everything, <laughs> but like together we just work really well together and I remember like a couple years ago I was thinking like it'd be so cool if we started a business together or something whether it's with photography or something and um we've been talking about this idea for a couple of years now and I had uh been starting to follow a couple of uh, influencers on Instagram that were talking about sustainability and I saw that some of them had these different thrift pages where they were selling things that they were finding at Goodwills and, and estate sales and told Andrea like Andrea we could totally do this ourselves like that wouldn't that be so fun to get paid for thrifting basically and so um last or two years ago now on Black Friday of 2019 we are at uh, a little estate sale uh, that was local to here in Scottsdale, and we saw this this beautiful like ceramic bud vase jug thing. It it was just gorgeous, but neither of us needed it because we have enough stuff in our home. But we knew that somebody had to have it. Like it it was the thought of it going to a landfill. It just broke mm. our hearts, oh. and so we were like, 
that was the item that really kicked it off for us. We're like, we need to buy this and we need to sell it to somebody who's going to cherish it forever in their home. So that's really how Morning Light Vintage started, just from kind of like, um, uh, you know, a passion for thrifting that's always been there, but also like a pursuit of, or like a desire to do something together. And that's how it all came to be. So we've been doing it since then. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. <laughs> I, it's What a great way to like, to involve your family. Like you have that family tradition already, but you know, just being so lucky to have uh, such a good relationship with your sister to go into, you know, a business venture, but still making it fun. Like that's so special. And you, you don't hear about that often. Yeah, we, I I do feel very lucky that we have such a good relationship. Um, we, we just bounce ideas off of each other so well. And our brains are definitely in sync with each other like we finish our sentences all the time like I could text her about something like just say oh my gosh and then she knows already like what exactly I'm talking <laughs> oh about oh so and goodness. I feel like that, that's that's the best kind of working relationship is when mm-hmm. it's just the intuition is there the working relationship it comes so naturally um albeit like we're you know as we continue to grow and scale like there are some like operational things that we're you know we'll, we'll definitely have to like work through and, um, but overall it's been such an amazing experience with her so far. That's awesome. I think something that I, that I love that you said in there too, about how you got started with this is like, you had that like light bulb moment of like, we could do this ourselves. And I feel like that's something that people say all the time, you know, I can't do that. Oh my God. Like we've done that so much with just like crafts and stuff where we're like, I'm not going to buy a charm bracelet for $50 when we could make that at Michael's. But then there's always the roadblock of them, the actually doing it, you know, part. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, something I'm curious about is when you kind of had that moment of like, we should make a business out of this or we could do it. Like, did you guys kind of start to do that? Were there moments where you like let it go and then had to find it again? Like what was that process like of like actually getting started with it? So that, that same day where we find out, find out a ceramic jug when we decided to do it, like I, like I basically like how it happened was that I grabbed the jug, I brought it over to her and I'm like, Andrea, like we have to do this. And she looked at me and she goes like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do this. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And then that day was 75% off the whole store. And so we basically like just, it, we went wild. Like we, we grabbed a cart. We started grabbing all the things that like we had our eye on that like we knew we didn't need, but like we still thought it was really cute. And so like we got, I don't know, like dozens and dozens of items that day. We went to another Goodwill that same day to get some more stuff. So it wow. kind of was like like a beast that was unleashed and just like <laughs> we were just like letting it all out finally um and see that was uh we were going into like Christmas break season and so we were able to take some time to like uh source some more inventory mm-hmm. we had a specific day set aside a few weeks later to take photos for the items we got all of the like the Instagram account set up Facebook account set up and it actually it took us until that next month to actually post, but then COVID hit and I moved to San Francisco for uh, a new job with Imperfect. Um, And so that with COVID definitely had us pause for a bit as like we were trying to figure out life and we were in two different states and Mm -hmm. so that was difficult. But um, when I was living remotely in San Francisco, you know, I would come home and visit a, mm-hmm. a few times during that period. And we would use that time to source more items, take photos. And now that I have moved back fully a couple of months ago, it is now in 
full steam ahead again. Um, and so we're always busy sourcing, taking photos. Um, but it is hard with a nine to five. And like, we are definitely still trying to find a balance with that of, uh, when do we do this part of the piece and when do we do this and also making sure that we are both contributing equally Mm -hmm. to the business um we're still trying to figure all all of that out yeah well so and so when you're thinking about logistics and you're, you're talking about how you started the pages and everything I just have a quick question where did you get the name or inspiration for morning light vintage so it took us actually a long time to think of the name. We were doing a ton of research on other Instagram thrift accounts, um, different websites that had that were selling vintage pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and we finally came across the name Morning Light because we were thinking about what in our lives feels special to us. Because we wanted to have the name kind of emulate this feeling of Whatever we find an incredible piece in a thrift shop, it feels like we've struck gold and there's just something so special about that piece. And something for us, like we both have been becoming morning people and just the first glimpse of morning light shining through your window, there's something that feels so special about waking up early enough to see that and like knowing that you have your whole day in front of you. And we're like, that's it. Like to us, the morning light is such a special start to the day to be able to see that. And so we wanted to use that to name our shop too. That feels so special to me. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Cause I heard that and I was like, wow, it's like a breath of fresh air. Like when I think about morning light, I'm like morning light vintage. Wow. MLV. Like it's so refreshing. Uh, So yeah, I realized I hadn't asked that before (laughs) and I really wanted to know. Um, But you know, while you're talking about like you you were saying you were going through a bunch of different Instagrams, right? So it seems like um, there's there's not just you. Um, so there's a lot to learn without the throughout this business. So like, what's something that you've learned along the way that has surprised you? I'd say something that has surprised me has been how supportive the thrifting community has been. Hmm. I think that there is this common thought that. If there's a small business that's similar to yours, there's going to be this sense of competition. Like, oh, she's doing something that's similar to me. Mm-hmm. There's only so much space. Like, there's only space for one of us here. Yeah. That is not the case at at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found that the thrifting community has been so incredibly supportive of other thrift accounts, especially in Phoenix. Like, pretty quickly after we made our account, uh, there was another local thrifter who invited us to become part of this Instagram group where we had a group message going on and everybody was giving each other tips on how to better source, how to price, where to find items. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like this is actually like, there's actually like a pretty robust, large community here that's doing this. And we're all wanting to see each other succeed. That makes that warms my heart. Well, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. You know, we're talking about like the, like I said, the different Instagram accounts. I'm like, wow, there seems like to be like, a, a bigger business, like, you know, a bigger space for this than I had initially thought of because before your account and knowing you, I didn't even think of that being something to exist. Right. But then, you know, I've, I've seen all the amazing pieces that you've, you've found and that Courtney has and that, you know, that I have my eye on <laughs> and, uh, and it, it inspires me. So I, it's good to know that you guys have a actual little community going on. That's really refreshing, especially in the small business space. Yeah. And it came on really 
soon too, which made us feel not alone in the process. I think any small business owner can relate to this, that it's, it can be a very lonely process. And so just Mm -hmm. knowing that there are other women and men who are out there doing the same thing as us, um, made us feel much more supported as we were getting started. I, and I love that too, because I think, you know, as I've followed you guys for a while and then see some of the other awesome folks that you have been collaborating with, I think some of that, I think what they call it is like co-opetition, right? Or it's like the, yeah. the collaborative nature while you're still, you know, obviously wanting to get your own business. Like you're, you're, you need kind of each other to like build up this like space because it's not something that I think everyone thinks of, right? To go shopping on like a vintage account, like online, like the more that starts to pop up, the more that gets to the people's forefront. And so I think it'd be interesting kind of to to have you talk about too, like it seems that some of that collaboration from from all of you guys comes from having like that core mission of saving these items and saving them from waste really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cooperation. I like that word. <laughs> I haven't thought about that before. Um, that's a good word. But yeah, I mean, so like when have when you've talked to the folks that you that you do collaborate with, like has sustainability been something that a lot of these folks have always been into? Have they been getting into it? Like what are those deeper level conversations about why you guys started these businesses been like? Yeah, I'd say like especially over the past several years with sustainability becoming more on the forefront of a lot of people, it has become more of a central focus and reason why people are are doing this for me personally like sustainability was not always something that I was aware of like grew up and just it was something that I just um yeah did was not aware of and in the past couple of years through my job and through exploring social media I just have been doing a lot of research around sustainability and what it means to consume more responsibly and how where the industry what the industry's role in that is and so for me this was definitely like a way to help others be more sustainable and in, in their living um and for a lot of other thrifters too that's a huge core component of it we do mostly home smaller home decor items right now we're starting to get into some more clothing but I know especially for a lot of the the clothing resellers, uh, I mean, fast fashion is, is a huge issue. And in terms of the amount of clothing they're producing and the resources that they're using up. And for a lot of those particular, particular resellers, that's definitely a huge, uh, topic that's front, uh, front of mind for them. And, you know, I mean, they talk about it on their accounts. That's something that we want to be more vocal to on our account is, exactly how we're making a difference with this and how we all need to be supporting each other uh, to collectively make the largest impact that we can. Do you know if there's, you might, you might not, maybe this is a general question for myself. There has to be some kind of online resource to be able to quantify um, like what you save from the planet. Right. So it's, it's almost like I think of, you know, the refillable water stations, Mm -hmm. like, here you, you, and you can see how many thousands of water bottles that we've saved. I'm wondering if there's something that can um, track your carbon footprint, but with your business in order to be like, hey, like we took this theoretically off the market. Like we like here's cute cactus tumblers, you know, like instead of getting a bunch of cups for this party, here's what we use. So I'm wondering if there's a way for people to have 
actual data or give examples because I feel like a lot of the times with sustainability, um, like the, the planet's a, a big place, right? So it's, I feel like concepts can be very hard for people to wrap their head around. But what's very easy to see is at a refillable water station. Hey, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You put up that ticker. I did yeah, just like how you're making extra, an impact. Like how you're making an impact. So I think um, I think that'd be something really fun, very interesting to see. Like, hey, we've sold, like, let's say, oh yeah, we sold um, like ten tumblers or like ten reusable water bottles. That's taking ten, you know, plastic bottles off the planet, at least in our minds, or you know, something like that would be. Um, really tangible for people because you know you like that the first piece that inspired you that get, you gave it a story and I think with each piece that you give a story to and I think what's very unique and what really draws my eyes especially to your your Instagram account is the aesthetic of it all you put together collections um can you tell me a little bit more about how you do that yeah so I'll answer to the first part of that I think that's a fantastic idea of quantifying what we're doing more uh, with Morning Light Vintage. There are a couple of ways that personally you can evaluate what your carbon footprint is. I believe ThreadUp has like a carbon footprint calculator and a couple of other brands have that. So you can go oh, in nice. and like, okay. and you know, answer some questions like I buy X amount of clothing this often throughout the year. I you know, thrift, I drive X amount of miles, those kinds of questions. And then they'll estimate what your personal carbon footprint is, huh. which I think is a great start for yeah. anybody to do that just to become more aware. But for businesses, there are several tools that are out there. Um, Imperfect Foods, for example, we leverage um, a company called Watershed to help us calculate our businesses impact on the environment in terms of carbon, amount of water that we save uh, by rescuing uh, food waste, uh, and the amount of pounds of food that we save. Um, And there's some other metrics in there. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that's a great idea to apply that to Morning Light Vintage as well, because I think that will help uh, make it more tangible for people about how shopping with us makes a difference. Um, So I love that. And then second part to that around collections. Yeah, so this is actually like a relatively new thing in the thrifting community is creating these collections. Whereas even like six months ago, I'd say majority of the thrifters would kind of just post several items per day, just kind of randomly, whatever, whatever they find, they post. But now as a way to create a more intentional experience for shoppers and to also help themselves differentiate from other thrifters, uh, a lot of people have been creating these collections around like the, we did a one a few weeks ago called the Grand Canyon collection where all the items in that collection, mugs, plates, vases, and so forth were all very earthy toned colors, similar to what you would expect in a mood board for the Grand Canyon. Like we literally did, we typed in Grand Canyon mood board and Pinterest <laughs> and like took those colors and then try to find items that match those colors. Um, and I think it just, it, creates a just a fun experience for the shopper um it makes them excited about it too and so on instagram you can make countdowns in your story and so it gets people excited about when you're going to post it keeps you top of mind for people especially for people who may be following a lot of thrifters Mm -hmm. um it is it helps you stand out more and it keeps people engaged because once that countdown hits zero you get a notification uh if you choose to follow that countdown and so it's just a great way to stay more um engaged with your followers i love that i think like you know what's really cool about the vintage market is it does like appeal to a lot of folks who like want to have 
more unique items. They want to, to express themselves in like, you know, those, those creative ways. And I think there's a lot of obviously, um, environmental benefits to, to thrifting. Um, you know, to Zia's point, I think sometimes a, a, you know, prohibitor for people is just not understanding the impact, you know, but also I think there's some other, preconceived notions with like, you know, vintage items, right? That like one, it's expensive. And so that can make it like not as accessible for people. But then two, like, you know, I think with going into a, a random shop, like part of the fun of it is that you don't know what you're going to find. Right. But I think on the flip side, if you're someone who like needs very specific sizes, needs very specific fits of items. It can be kind of discouraging. Like when you go to a bunch of places and you're like, wow, literally nothing fit me. This is, this is a bummer. So like what, what kind of are your thoughts on for folks who kind of have those like ideas in their heads, how to mitigate those and and have fun with that, that experience? Yeah. I mean, good news is that thrifting is now so much more accessible to people of all income levels and of all sizes. I think there's, a lot of great sites out there now, like ThreadUp, Poshmark, uh, The Real Real, where you can search for buy specific brand, buy specific product type, and buy size. And so I think for like for somebody who is needing something very particular and you know in a certain size, those are fantastic options because you just filter and you can find what you need really easily. Whereas, yes, to your point, like the typical thrifting experience when you go into a Goodwill is that there's just racks and racks of clothing and you have to dig through it. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, like they, they don't want to be spending hours sifting through all of that clothing and not knowing if they're even going to find anything in the end. Right. Um, for some people, like that's, that's part of the, the joy and the experience is like a treasure hunt. Um, and so I think like on either side that you fall in, there's definitely options for you now that weren't around even, you know, five or 10 years ago. Mm. I like that too. I think that's a good point of, of thinking of things like offer up, like Poshmark, like going through that as like thrifting and like even finding vintage things as well. Because I think at least sometimes in my mind, I, I get caught up on the like, it has to be like a local business or supporting like a local artisan and those those kinds of things sometimes can be like, I want to support them, but I don't always have the income to buy like something that is three times what a mass produced thing might be. Granted, I obviously would rather support, you know, um, a local person, but I think that that's, that's a really great tip for people who like just to start thinking about their impact, be like, do I have to buy this new pair of jeans from this place or could I find those in my size from someone selling them on Poshmark? Like Mm -hmm. just even that simple change, like I'm sure that has a huge impact in in clothing waste. Definitely, yeah. And I mean, just opening up your consideration set to what is out there, I think is is a huge shift. You know, even if you maybe don't buy those those local jeans that are more expensive or or if you do check Poshmark for, for jeans that are more in your budget range, but you end up, um, you know, not purchasing those either as at least you would check those places. And whereas before I feel like a lot of people, they would resort immediately to what their like, mall brands are. Um, but now like even just the thought of like, Oh, maybe I should check this site first to see what's on there. I think is a huge step. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, what are some of the ways that, you know, either morning light vintage or even, you know, off the host of the podcast, what are some ways that we can do to then spread awareness of thrifting and the accessibility within that to make it more generally available to the public? Great question. One, 
just talking about it, I think goes a long way. Talking about it with your friends, like um, if somebody asks you, oh, where'd you get that? Like be proud and say yeah. it's thrifted. And like yeah. oftentimes like that's a really cool feeling to know that like what you have that somebody complimented you on, like that you found that yourself mm-hmm. or that's like one of a kind. And it's definitely a conversation starter too. So they'd be like, no way, you got that thrifted? Like where'd you get that? I didn't know that you could find mm-hmm. stuff like that um, secondhand. So I think that in itself opens up the conversation around it. And then that is a very easy like entry point for then talking more about the sustainability side. And so mm-hmm. the impact metrics and how, where we shop makes, makes a difference. Um, cause kind of like going into the conversation head on, like it can be very intimidating and mm-hmm. I'm by no means like perfect in any way. And I am still working on being more vocal about my views on, uh, sustainability issues. But I think just like some, like what we wear is just such an easy conversation starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love that. And, you know, Z and I had a conversation on our on our podcast a couple podcasts ago, I believe it was when we talked about um, transitioning to like summer wardrobes. And when what our discussion was, you know, just kind of in a nutshell was that we just aren't minimalist wardrobe type people. Like we're just not the folks that are going to want like a tan, white, black, like kind of wardrobe. We just really like fun colors. We like Mm -hmm. having like new outfits for things. And, um, as I've been kind of like reflecting on like that conversation, I think that that's totally fine that like we're interested in having like new clothes for different occasions. But like what I'm, what, why I'm bringing that up from this conversation is I think that the way you're talking about is that's fine. But then be more conscious about then where the clothes that you are transitioning going and then where are you getting the new ones? Because you can be getting all these new clothes, but you're having an an impact that is okay on the environment. If you're getting them from thrifting, you're getting them from people who are giving their clothes away and you're almost just doing like a swap around of things that exist rather than contributing to new clothes being made. And so I think just from that conversation we have, that's something that's more present for me now too, is like, yeah, we don't have to be minimalist, but we can be more cautious of maybe how we're acquiring the new thing. Yeah, I, d- I totally agree with that. And I think that translates to, you know, more, I think about, you know, what MLV is doing with home decor. We talk a lot about Michaels and TJ Maxx and home goods and everything. And it's like, there's a lot of decent pieces out there. Um, that could be thrifted rather than mass produced. But, you know, I I don't want to get too controversial with it, but I've heard like, you know, a lot of stuff about Goodwill and that maybe they don't always contribute back to the community the way that they say that they're going to. So I have some, some general inquiries about it, but where do you have any recommendations outside of Goodwill or any other local thrift thrift stores that, um, that we can visit? Yeah, definitely. I'd say um, any any time that you're able to donate directly to, let's say, like um, a woman's shelter, I yeah. think that's a fantastic option because you know that those clothing pieces are going to be used. Um, or donating to, the, like here in Phoenix and Scottsdale, there's a couple of animal shelters that have a thrift store component to it. And the money that is being uh, generated from the thrift portion of the the business is going to the animal shelter and so I think that's another great option because you know that your money is going into the community um the thing about Goodwill that I think a lot of people um should maybe be more cognizant of is that I probably what you were going to touch on was that oftentimes they 
they don't put everything that is donated onto the floor. And so just with the volume of donations that are coming oh, in, yeah, especially with COVID and like people cleaning closets out, there's just a huge influx of, of items that are being donated. And so anytime that you can be more sure of the, the end path, um, I think that's the best route to go. Um, and one point too about, you know, buying stuff still new from stores, I still think that's fine. I think in those instances, what's even more important is how you're using the item. Are you actually caring for the item? Are you treating it well? Mm -hmm. Are you, uh, are you loving it so that by the time that it's ready for you to say goodbye to it, it's in good condition for somebody else to use it fully as well. Mm -hmm. I like that point too. And I like what you brought up, Zia, because I think I I can't remember where we talked about like donating your clothes last time if we said anything specific, but that was on my mind to mention is Big Brothers Big Sisters. We talked about them on the podcast and they have their own direct donation that goes yep. to the kids. So it's yeah. like that's that's really cool to think about and I, I like what you're saying there too. It's cause you know, there are I think it's okay to like have like it, for me, American Eagle jeans are like what fits me. Like it makes me feel like my absolute confident and best. But when I'm done with them, I think you're right. Like keep, if they're in good condition, then like being able to give those up and just kind of like keeping a balance. Like I know even just for my own, not even it isn't, it is good for the environment, but even just for like me watching my own finances, I try not to buy things. And we have these discussions where we're like, how often are you going to wear this? Is this literally a one-time outfit where it's a specific situation and you're never going to put this on again? Right. That's probably not worth like the money and, and like you said, like the environmental impact as well. So those are good questions, I think, to continue to ask yourself. Yeah. I think another great option too for people who are looking to get rid of clothes is just um, offering it up to friends if they want it. Ooh. I have a couple of friends that, you know, like they don't have a shop like ours, but they just post on their Instagram stories. Hey, I'm doing a closet clean out. Anybody wants some? I've actually purchased some clothing pieces from a friend who's in Southern California. And that's just, that's a great way to keep the cycle going. Because yeah. again, you know that, you know, the person who it's going to, and you know, that's going to be loved well. So I just wanted to kind of touch back into the, the business side of Morning Light Vintage and how and how you guys operate, because I'm really interested, because this is not as, I mean, I'm a nurse, so, you know, having a small business is not something that I know of, and I know that there's a lot of, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, I'm sure, too, but, you know, through it all with your sister, how do you manage your communication? Like, how do you say this is what we're putting out here's what here's how much we're offering it for here's how we send it to the person like what does that streamline communication look like yeah so we've we've been able to set up a pretty good process where we try to do research on each of the items that we get so research on etsy and ebay to see how much they're going for and then we have a quick discussion around okay how much do we purchase this item for how much like what is the value is going for right now on other sites mm -hmm. and then you know and then how much time is it going to take for us to photograph these items how much uh and we, we have a conversation around like how much profit do we want to be making from these items so that's worth our time so we've done a lot of that groundwork up front and now i feel like we've gotten to a good process where we can eat quickly make decisions around things like pricing 
Um, so really, when it comes to like communication around the business as a whole, we try to split up the responsibilities as evenly as we can. And so, for example, Andrea, um, you know, right now she's mostly responsible for photography and getting photos ready. And then I do the actual posting and then recording of sales, for example. And so we try to be as clear about that as possible so that each person feels like we're contributing equally to it. Um, and I still feel like there's uh, definitely a long way for us to go, especially as we scale up and have to make maybe harder decisions around certain things. Yeah. Um, the whole process really, you know, it does take a lot of time. And so I think also just making sure that either of us isn't feeling like burned out from it too. Like having those honest conversations around like, do we want to go thrifting today? Or like, do we want to do this this week? And it's like, if we, if either of us feels like we can't, take it on with either our workload or things we have going on personally. Like we, we, we chat through that and we talk about like, okay, it's okay if we don't do anything, anything this week. Um, so yeah, we try to be as like honest and open with each other as possible around what we can take on for this. That's good. That's um, great. Really healthy. <laughs> yeah. That, that's awesome that you guys are able to find that, that balance there. Um, you know, so something I'm curious about, you know, both like, your main, your main career job, right? I consider you a, a hyphenate woman, of, <laughs> you know, working in growth marketing, but also being a, a business owner. Those are both the things that you, that you do, but you know, it's clear that they, they prioritize sustainability. This is something that you would prioritize like in your life. And you know, you've said that that's not like you, you know, came out, it's like a elementary schooler and you're like, I'm going to save the planet and know everything about it. Right. Like you've, you've developed this. So was it something that was like a conscious decision to start prioritizing your energy in like these directions or did it just like kind of naturally develop that the things you were involved in are kind of in this like space? Like how, what did that look like for you? It was definitely a natural progression. I'd say I, in terms of sustainability, that was definitely more of a natural progression. Like I started first in my personal life of what can I do to live, to live more sustainably. And then I, the more I researched, the more I read and listened to different podcasts, the more I learned about like the biggest impact that I can make is getting other people on board is helping others, um, live more sustainably. And so that definitely took a long time to get to that point. There were a couple of key pivotal moments along that way, mm -hmm. like certain books that I read or certain podcast episodes that I listened to. That was really a turning key point for me. And like a light bulb went off my head. I'm like, Oh, I should care about this. Or like, Oh, I, sh I, if I want my career to be, my career to be focused around this, then I should go after that. Um, but overall, it has been a very natural progression. I still feel like I have a long way to go. And we have a long way to go in our business to like we our goal at Morning Light Vintage is to become a zero waste company. And so everything that we use is either recycled or secondhand, even down to the packing materials that we use. Um, and so like that in itself is going to be a long pro progression mm -hmm. to get there. It's awesome. Well, it sounds like you guys have really hit the ground running. You've made it through COVID. Like you're keeping your communication and your and your amazing small business with your sister. I have one last question for you. What advice do you have for others starting their own business ventures? Just start it. Just get one thing out there into the world. 
it might seem like a very scary step and it might feel like you need to have everything in place or ready to go to be able to start something, but you don't. You just need an idea and the will to do it. And so just take that first step and the momentum will come after that. You don't have to have it all figured out in the beginning. We are still figuring out as we go, but just taking that first step will definitely get you onto the right path. Oh, I'm so energized. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I'm feeling like so inspired to like just do um, a million things. But yes. like to your point, like, yeah, it's getting started with like that first step. And I think that's, that's great advice. And it's, it's awesome. You know, we, we give those pieces of advice, but, but it's been really cool to bring someone else on here to like showcase that in action. So Mm -hmm. we are so grateful to have had you on the podcast. Thank you for being here. So happy to talk to you. Yes. And thank you all to our audience for making us a part of your day. Uh, we definitely encourage you to check out at morning light vintage on Instagram. Let us know if you pick up a little something for you. You are a loved one. Melissa has some amazing collections out there. Um, They have a good eye, so it's going to be hard for you not to find something you love. Um, And as always, you can hit us up at On The Agenda Pod. Let us know about any small small business owners that we should have on our radar. Absolutely. We hope you enjoyed this episode. As a reminder, we are on Spotify, Apple, and most other major podcast hosts for your listening convenience. Be sure to like and subscribe to get notified of our next episode. And feel free to drop us a message to let us know what's what's on on your agenda. agenda.